You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our content. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how, and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. It is Crossover Wednesday, Locked on Jets, Locked on Packers, as we get set for a Week 16 matchup that doesn't matter a ton in terms of the standings, in fact, when I when I say it doesn't matter a ton, what I really mean to say is it doesn't matter uh, one single iota. It matters for draft position for the Jets and the Packers. The Jets still in contention to have the top pick, a top three pick. And so they have an incentive to lose this game from a structural franchise standpoint. Obviously, the players are not going to throw this game. The coaches who are coaching for their jobs, coaching for their livelihoods, are not going to throw this game. Green Bay is going to have to beat the Jets if they want to beat the Jets. They're going to have to go out and actually try and win a game. The Jets are not just going to roll over. Uh, The Jets played pretty well against Houston last week, and Houston is a good team. And they, Sam Darnold won a game two weeks ago. So this is not a team that, that is just going to gonna say, well, our season's over, we're not going to try. And especially if Aaron Rodgers is going to play, there is value for the Packers in saying, okay, if Rodgers is going to play, and I still don't think he should, I just don't think there's, there's a reward enough for the risk. But if he is going to play, then Green Bay can take some positives out of a game against a good defense and say, okay, let's see if if they can take a week and build up some of that that confidence with Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Let's throw Jay Coomer out there, Jamon Moore, and, you know, give Randall Cobb a break. Give Devontae Adams fewer reps. Give some of these other guys more opportunities. Get Jimmy Graham off the field a little bit more. Get Robert Tanyan on the field a little bit more to see if they can develop a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately for the Packers, Aaron Jones on IR, Kenny Clark on IR. And I want to say a bit about how they've gone about backfilling these roster spots. Because after putting Aaron Jones on IR, they signed Capri Bibbs. And they signed Alan Lazard, uh, a rookie receiver off the, the Jaguars practice squad for Kenny Clark. It's pretty clear over the course of the season that Brian Gutekunst is willing to do the little things from a, a team building standpoint that Ted Thompson was unwilling to do. That is, bring in someone like Bashad Breland, sign some of these fringe roster guys, not just 
when not just elevate from the practice squad when there's an injury. Go out and find NFL players. They worked out Paxton Lynch, a former first-round pick. They didn't sign him, but they're kicking the tires on these guys. Guys who are going to come in and, and give you an opportunity to either develop. So we've talked about all the high upside guys he's gone after, the Natrol Jammersons of the world. And there's someone like Capri Bibbs who has played meaningful NFL snaps and made NFL plays. Signing someone like that in a year where you're not trying to win games really anymore or that your games don't really matter signals that Brian Gutekinds just has a commitment to fielding the best 53 guys that he can. And that is not something we could say consistently about Ted Thompson. Now, has he brought in field-tilting players? No. But that's not, if, if they're on the street, chances are they're not field-tilting players. That's not how the, the league works most often. You, you go back to 2010, Green Bay pulled Howard Green off the street and it changed their season. He made important plays in big games. His hit on Ben Roethlisberger forced that ball to Nick Collins that he returned for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. You just need one or two plays from those kinds of players. When there's injuries, have them come in and step up. But it's also important that you are able to elevate some of these other roster guys, guys like Montrevious Adams, Kendall Donerson. Some of these guys who were, who were not a big part of the team for most of the year will now get more opportunities to prove their worth. And Montrevious Adams has had back-to-back solid games for Green Bay, showing some of that disruptive, that, that straight-line explosiveness that he has. That is what the rest of this season is about. It's building something for next year and evaluating the players that are healthy enough to be out there. And so if Rodgers is going to be out there, you should certainly go try and win the game. You don't want anyone out there half-assing it. You don't want anyone out there just saying, well, I'm going to play to not get hurt. Because when you play to not get hurt, you're not going to play at full speed. You're not going to play with your full awareness and your instincts. And you're just, you're more likely to get hurt. That's how, that's the the irony of playing that way. When you play not to get hurt, you're actually more likely to get hurt. That changes the game plan a little bit with Jamal Williams because he's not the same type of back as Aaron Jones. But Capri Bibbs has some juice. He's got some explosiveness. I bet we'll see him in the passing game a little bit. I mean, this is the opportunity for Joe Philbin to experiment a little bit. The season doesn't matter anymore. And so if you're Joe Philbin, what you want to show and what you want to put on tape is your willingness to be creative and, and to be inventive and to do different kinds of things, to break from the conventions of the, this offense that have held them back for so long and say, I'm going to try something. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to call a reverse. I'm going to call that jet sweep that we have in our playbook because there's no more saving anything. There, are, there is no saving plays now. Show everything. Go all out. Throw the kitchen sink at the Jets and the Lions to try and win these games. If Aaron Rodgers is going to play, go all out. Beat the hell out of somebody. And, and score a, a victory for not just your team, but for your, your coaching credentials moving forward, for these players who are playing for jobs, if not on this team, on another team. Someone like Tyler Lancaster who has who's had the opportunity to play with Clark and Daniels out, he might have earned himself a, a spot on this roster next year because he's had some, some really nice moments for Green Bay. 
I want to see Oren Burks get some playing time. I don't I don't want to see Eddie Pleasant playing Nitro linebacker. I want to see Oren Burks out there if he's healthy enough to play, and it seems like he is. So I, there, the time has come for September call-ups with this team. If you're going to put Aaron Rodgers out there, again, I don't agree with it, but if you're going to do that, you got to play to win. And I do want to see these other guys. I want to see these other receivers. I want to see these other tight ends. I don't want to see the other offensive linemen because you don't want Rodgers to be hurt. But what you you do want to see is, can these guys make some plays? Just give them opportunities. Put them out there and, and let them run some slants. Let them, let them get the ball in space. Does Green Bay have a player other than Devontae Adams to whom they can throw the ball in space and he can go make a play? Because right now I don't see that player outside of Aaron Jones. And, and maybe that's something that they need to look at in the offseason. Jamal Moore is a kind of player with, with some shiftiness and elusiveness, change of direction ability. It could be him, but he can't get on the field because when the games matter, no one trusts him. Well, you got to just put him out there and see what he's got because the time to to worry about that stuff is just over. And Roger's stats don't matter anymore, and the interception streak is over, and the, and the games don't really matter. So just, just evaluate your guys. Now, still put them in a position to succeed. No one's saying just you know throw it out and just say whatever. Try and call plays that put these players in the best position to succeed. That is an offensive coordinator's job. If Aaron Rodgers does indeed play, this is a game the Packers should win. If Deshaun Kaiser plays, again, this is what I think should happen. I don't. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a broken record on this, but I want to see Deshaun Kaiser too, because the Packers they they want to know from an evaluation standpoint what they have, and he is right now just a developmental prospect. And you don't have to draft a quarterback. You don't have to start worrying about Rodgers' successor yet. With the CBA the way it is now, it just doesn't make sense. You can't sign your first-round pick to a seven-year contract. You, you, you can't just lock them up. The cost is prohibitive in year four and year five, especially with that first with that fifth-year option for quarterbacks. We're talking about in five years, especially, it's going to be $22, 25000000 million. And if he's not going to play... You, you just can't you just can't abide having that kind of thing on your roster. So you want to see Deshaun Kaiser and give him some live game reps. Give him the opportunities to make some plays. Because outside of the two really bad plays that he had against Chicago, he had a couple really nice plays as well. And if if he's had a full season now and he's not playing the Bears defense, he's not facing Khalil Mack, can he make some throws? I'd love to be able to see that. He just hasn't had that opportunity so far this season. And, and with the season no longer really important in terms of the wins and losses of the game, it's more important to evaluate a player like that. And speaking of no longer being important, for a lot of you, your fantasy seasons are no longer important. You lost last week or you lost weeks ago, like in my case. But it's week 16 of the football season, and that means time is running out to get in on the action at DraftKings. Every single game will matter with huge playoff implications at stake. Maybe not for your fantasy playoffs, but in the NFL. And it could go a long way for you 
to win huge cash prizes. Single game fantasy football is the newest way to play one day fantasy at DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football. If you've been thinking about trying DraftKings, now's the time. DraftKings has taken fantasy football from just one week to just one game, making it easier to draft your lineup. You can pick players from just Packers Jets on Sunday. All you have to do is draft six players from a single football game, one captain and five other players. Your captain will earn one and a half times the points and you can go for value or for star power to anchor your lineup. It's that simple. Six players from one game, just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app now. Use promo code LOCKEDON to enter a single game contest for free this week with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. The code's locked on only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. All right, let's get to our crossover Wednesday. Locked on Packers, Locked on Jets. John Butchko, the host of Locked on Jets, joins us now to talk about a game that doesn't have a lot of meaning. But let's jump right in here. John, this was a game we we thought coming into the year was, was going to be a little bit more of a mismatch than it turned out to be, or at least I did. Uh, but the Packers come to New York in almost as much disarray as the Jets find themselves in. And uh, I'm not sure anyone predicted that coming into this week. It seems impossible to me that the Jets have their head coach that they started the season with and the Packers don't. But that's where we are. For the Jets, how did we how did we get to this point in the season with them? Um, the problem is you have a bad roster meets a, a poor coaching staff uh, meets a rookie quarterback's inconsistency. Um, you know this team started it's a bold off strategy, Cotton. Right, yeah. This team started off on a very high note. They they crushed the Lions on the opening Monday night game. Then they hit a losing streak. They lost three in a row. So they fall to one and three, and you think that this season's going off the rails. Then they come home, and they win two games in a row. So they get back to three and three. So you're thinking, okay, well, maybe this season's okay. And then long losing streak follows where the season just kind of got away from them. And that's the way it's gone in a number of recent uh, Jets seasons. Um, you know, you look at this roster just up and down. I think it's probably it's it's really lacking in talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which clearly impacts a rookie quarterback. You know, you want a stable infrastructure for a rookie because a rookie is going to have weeks where he looks very bad. And uh, fortunately for the Jets, Sam Darnold started to play well the last two weeks, one of which resulted in a win, the other of which was a loss, uh, a close loss to the Texans, a game where the Jets you know did put up a good fight. And Darnold, as I mentioned, did play well. But you know, they, they had a, they just had stretches where. Nothing was really working on offense. The coaching staff has not really designed that great of a scheme, in my opinion. I think that they struggle. I think that they struggle to, you know, scheme guys open. And the defense defense has been very up and down. You have guys who are having disappointing years, who the Jets have counted on. Jets were counting on to have good years heading into the year. Their uh, big free agent signing was Trumaine Johnson at cornerback. He's been injury plagued. You know, he's been banged up, and when he's played, he's been very inconsistent consistent um, on the defensive line you have Leonard Williams who went to the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago was supposed to be you know he's supposed to be the star of this defensive line he's having a down year they don't really have much off the edge so there are no simple answers but it's just a, it's just a little bit of everything when you look at the Jets and a lost season for them this was not about making the playoffs this was about Sam Darnold and and moving forward 
what are they going to be looking for on Sunday in terms of positives that they can take away and say, okay, this is what I need to see in order to feel good about X, Y, and Z? Um, I think it's all about Darnold. Um, you know, you look at Saturday's game. They played Saturday last week against Houston. And I really kind of struggled to come away with many guys who played good games for the Jets. Uh, you know, I think uh, one of their receivers, Robbie Anderson, had a really nice day. Um, he was showing some route running ability that I hadn't seen in the, you know throughout his three years in the NFL. On the defensive side of the ball, one of their defensive linemen, Henry Anderson, had three sacks. But you know, I looked up and down the roster. I wasn't sure that there were many guys who played that well. And Darnold was really... The exception, he really played a fantastic game. There were, and they didn't have much working on offense. I thought they, they struggled in pass protection. He was constantly on the run, being flushed from the pocket. I didn't think, for the most part, outside of Anderson, the receivers were getting a ton of separation, so he was forced to make accurate throws on the run. And he was doing it. And I guess the point I'm getting at here is, even though Darnold was really one of the only things that was working for the Jets on Saturday against Houston, a lot of people came away from that game with a very good feeling about it because it gives you hope for the future. Essentially, the, this, the hope for this franchise's immediate future is based on Sam Darnold developing into a franchise quarterback. And I think most people would acknowledge the Jets are going to have to do a better job in this offseason and in offseasons to come of surrounding him with a supporting cast. So I think really it ultimately comes down to Darnold because even though the Jets lost that game on Saturday, most Jets fans came away very happy, very encouraged just because the young quarterback played well. It, it was just a different feel to a couple of weeks ago when Josh McCown, the veteran, the backup, who it was a good kind of mentor for Darnold. He, he was not a fact. It's just a very different feeling. I think uh, for, for this team uh, when Darn when Darnold's out there playing well. So I think that's really what Jets fans are looking at. If there is a, a thing that the, the Jets have done well, it's their defense. And I want to ask you about that because the Packers could be in the uh, in the market when they're in the market for a new head coach, could be in the market for a new defensive coordinator as well. If, if uh, Mike Patton doesn't want to stay on for whoever the new head coach is or the new head coach doesn't want Mike Patton. Before he got the job in New York, Todd Bowles was one of the best defensive coordinators in football. It's why he got a head coaching job. One of my favorite coordinators, full, full stop, really, in football. Uh, do you think he's going to want another head coaching job? Or do you think, you know, in the offseason, assuming, you know, things go the way that we think they will, that he'll be a defensive coordinator next year? You know, I think based on the way things have gone in New York, it's tough for me to envision him immediately getting another head coaching job. You know, this is a guy who's only won uh, 24 games in four years. Now two games left to play, so maybe he can tack on one or two others. But the team's really struggled. You know, I think two of his four years, things have just totally fallen apart, both this year and back in 2016, where things just kind of snowballed on them and the season got away from them very early. Um, I think there have been some coordinator hires that have not been great especially on the offensive side of the ball he's on his third offensive coordinator in three years so you know i look at todd bowles and guy who very was very well respected in the league i think a lot of it has to do with his work as an assistant i think he's a guy who's probably a good coordinator at this point i'm not sure he's a head coach i think if he's going to be a head coach he's going to have to take a step back down and kind of earn a second chance because i just don't think it's gone that well, uh, well enough for him to immediately get another uh, head coaching job. 
We'll get back to John in just a second, but before we do, I have to talk to you about Action Heat as you complete your holiday checklist for that person you know that loves to ski, that loves to snowboard, that loves to snowshoe, that loves to be outside. I know it's getting cold, had to put my heat on. It is chilly outside. It might be chilly in your office. Well, the best solution, the best gift you can give is Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody who loves the outdoors or, like my wife, just hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. And we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. All right, back to Crossover Wednesday. Do you think when you when you look at the offseason and, and the coaching search for the Jets, do you think there is some overlap in terms of the guys that that the Jets are going to be chasing and Green Bay is going to be chasing. I mean, I don't think I don't think either of us would say that the jobs are the same in terms of the desirability level. But who are you looking for uh this offseason? Who do, and and maybe if they're, if they're different, who do you think the Jets are going to be looking for? Well, you know, I think that in some ways that they the two teams what they're searching for are not that dissimilar because even though they're at very different points of their career, I think both teams are looking to maximize what they're get what they're getting out of their quarterback. It seems to be as an outsider that you know the the Packers search is very much about you know matching uh, Aaron Rodgers with the right guy who can really really you know take take the team to the next level. Whereas the Jets are looking for a guy who's going to develop Darnold. So my hunch is that the Jets are going to look more on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I'm going to give you. A fact right here is Woody Johnson bought the Jets in 2000-2001. Since then, he's made four coaching hires. His first hire was Herm Edwards, who was a defensive assistant with no head coaching experience. After Herm Edwards, it was Eric Mangini, a defensive assistant with no head coaching experience. Then it was Rex Ryan, a, a defensive assistant with no head coaching experience. Then it was Todd Bowles, a defensive assistant with no head coaching experience. And... I mean, some they're, they've had some measure of success under un, uh, under those guys. They've all four of them had winning seasons. Um, all of them except Bowles had trips to the playoffs, but ultimately none of, the, none of them was the right fit long term. So I think at some point the Jets are going to look for an offensive mind. And, they, and I think the focus for this team is very much based around uh, just developing Sam Darnold. I think anybody who is going to be a serious player for this job is going to have to sell a vision for how they're going to get the most out of Sam Darnold. I think, you know, it's a a recurring theme. You're probably noticing that the Jets as a franchise right now are tied up with Sam Darnold. Because the outcome of this game is not particularly important or fascinating to either of us in terms of the teams that, that we cover here. I want to ask you when you're putting together your wish list for the off season, 
whether it's draft picks, whether it's free agents. What are you prioritizing? Who are you going after? What is the move here for the Jets to get back to being even just respectable? Well, I think the first place they have to look is the offensive line. The thing that's uh, alarmed, the, the, the frightening parallel in my mind with Sam Darnold, because I, I really do like Sam Darnold and I think he has a ton of potential, is I don't want the Jets to turn this into a situation like the Colts had with Andrew Luck where they did not build a proper offensive line around him and got him hit and got him hurt. You know, he caught, cost him an entire season last year before they finally started making some some investments to protect him. So I think the offensive line is the first place to look because this is a weak offensive line. It's it's not it's not as bad as the offensive line across town with the Giants, but it's a unit that, that really has struggled quite a bit this year. They made a move in the offseason to sign Spencer Long to play center. That was their weak position a year ago, and it really has done nothing to solidify the spot. You look at left tackle, uh, Kelvin Beecham is okay, but he's really a stopgap. This is year two of that stopgap. They need to find a long-term solution. Um, the other spot that I think is a big priority spot is edge rusher. The Jets just have not had a consistent edge rusher since they traded John Abraham to Atlanta, and that was in 2006. So you look at the top of the draft, um, you know, there are going to be some options there. The question is, can the Jets get high enough to get Nick Bosa? I think that's a guy who might be a natural fit for them if they end up with a high enough pick, which probably would require them losing this game and next week against New England and getting a bit of help. So I think those are the two spots I'm looking at, our, our offensive line and edge rusher. Uh, we do have a game on Sunday. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback for Green Bay is. That's why the odds makers are, are struggling so much for this. It, you know, it's either Packers plus two and a half or, or minus two and a half, depending on where you look. Uh, wh- how do you see this game going? I actually think it depends on which quarterback plays. I think if Rodgers plays, Jets are going to have a tough time winning this game. I mean, I, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan, but I'm not sure he's matching touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. But I'll tell you, if Kaiser plays, there's a game last year in my head where the Browns were 0-16, the Jets went out to Cleveland, and to be honest with you, the Browns were the better team in that game. I think they outgained the Jets by like 200 yards, and the difference was just Kaiser was so bad in that game. He killed the Browns. I mean, turnovers in the red zone ugly turnovers in the red zone. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's sticking in my mind too much, but um, I think if Kaiser plays, the Jets are going to win this game. I think if Rodgers plays, the Packers win. Yeah, I think uh, I think if Rodgers plays, the Packers win. I think if Kaiser plays, it'll be a horribly ugly game, and it'll come down to which, which quarterback makes fewer mistakes. Um, and I'm not sure who I would put my money on. That is a race to the bottom. Uh, with these two guys right now, given the, the roller coaster season that that Sam Darnold has had, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, my family's coming into town, and and we're going to the game, so uh, hopefully it's just not a bad game. Yeah, that, that's all you can ask for <laughs> late in the year. When listen, I mean, on the Jets side, we have a lot of experience in these games, these Week 16 games where. Neither team's going to the playoffs. It's a little different, probably a new experience for you for you guys on the Packers side. Yeah, it, it is a much different experience, and and I, I would guess neither fan base likes it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I want to thank John. Always good to get our Locked On Podcast Network brethren on the show, even if it's not to discuss anything particularly pleasant, which is the case for both Packer fans and Jets fans this week, but still important. Uh, it's still good to get some perspective. I know uh, for for me, someone that covers the team, 
Sometimes you can have blinders on. I know that's the case for a lot of fans. You're, you're not quite as in tune with everything going on around the league because you're so focused on what's going on with one particular team, especially with AFC stuff. You know, if you're, if you're an NFC household like Packer fans are, I think it's harder to keep track of what's going on in the AFC. It's similar if you're, you're an NL household, if you're a Brewers fan, not always as up to date as what's going on in the American League. And that is just the nature of sports fandom, which is why I think these podcasts are useful. I think they're fun. And that's why we do them. And we only have one more next week. So if you don't like them, well, we only have one more. So here we are. We'll be back tomorrow for our last show of the week. Uh, not going to have a Friday show this week in part because uh, you know the injury report is not as important for a game that doesn't really matter, but also because we're coming up on the holidays and I, I want to give people a break. A lot of people are going to be traveling on Friday and so you know I just including my family. So I just want everyone to have a, a really great holiday season. We will be back next week. There will be shows. There will be a show Christmas Eve, Monday the 24th, no show on Christmas Day. And then we will have uh, at least two more shows after that, uh, depending on on what the schedule looks like. My goal would be to get three in uh, before the weekend. So we probably will have a Friday show to make up for not having a Tuesday show. Got a lot of questions that that I know you guys want to get to. Coaching searches, draft, free agency. It's all going to be covered as we go through the next week. Because what happens on Sunday doesn't, doesn't have a huge bearing on this season because this season is over. So it's all about evaluation. We're going to spend a lot of our time on Monday talking about, you know, what what can be taken away from Sunday's game that transfers into 2019 and beyond. That's where we are with this Packers season. That's the unfortunate reality that this these games no longer mean anything. They still matter. Just because they don't mean anything in the standings doesn't mean they don't matter. They do matter and we're going to continue to treat them like they matter. We only have we only have 16 games a season. So we have, to, we have to take all the information out of them that we possibly can. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. Do it on iTunes. Leave a review. Let us know how you're liking the show, how we could make it better, what you'd like to see. And if you want to tell me on, on Twitter, do that. Uh, that's fine. And if you want to hit me up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, we are always available to take your calls, your texts, 920-341-3775. As the season winds down, you still have to stay Locked on Packers.